0: welcome to the eug podcast i'm here with a special guest bellator jeremy kennedy jeremy thank you very much man nice for joining me today brother yeah i'm excited man I'm excited. man awesome awesome you look like you're getting ready for <laughs> a war Looking right skinny, you a look bit skinny bit, right? brother yeah yeah, yeah. It's yeah. About that time nice you have a bout coming up
1: yeah next saturday
0: next saturday yes sir so uh, how's tr- how was your training days. camp
1: bro it's the best camp i've ever had you know is I, I got injured the last fight, right. Was right at the last last minute, and mm-hmm. then, uh, so this this camp I kind of just picked up, it was the same matchup that got rebooked, so I just picked up where I left off, and I've had 12 weeks notice of a camp I already did, you know, so I, right. just, I just dialed in what I didn't like last time, and built the game plan with my coaches the same as, as before, we didn't have to like start from scratch. And I've just been in shape all summer since that last one fell through. I kind of felt robbed because I didn't get to fight. Right. So my diet's been on. I feel like a bodybuilder, man. This (laughs) 12-week meal prep program, everything, including with my training and strength and conditioning. And I'm just a whole new me. I'm excited to test it out. Man,
0: I'm excited to watch you. Um, You're training at Extreme Couture. Yeah. You made the move. You're originally from Canada. Yes, sir. Right. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, Uh, you know, before all this amazing journey you've had
1: yeah so um grew up in Fleetwood Surrey and uh Vancouver British Columbia Canada for everyone and um yeah no I played a lot of sports but never really anything contact I guess soccer baseball that kind of stuff but always in in athletics um but then I had I was grew up in a household brother was 200 pounds you know four years older than me you know Mm. a lot bigger than me and uh he would always beat up on me. Him and his friends too. Actually, like yeah. it got it got to a thing that like I liked it in oh. a sense of like I was always like antagonizing them and, and messing with them. And uh, then it got into a, like a joking thing where him and his friends would almost come over after school and like let's beat up on. Jeremy. Just our, it was a tradition. Yeah, <laughs> it was a tradition thing. So like I was like right out of the gate, you know, like I didn't know how to fight, but I knew how to t- take a beating, you know. And right. then, and that's what actually transitioned me into jujitsu, is because mm. I saw. I was into WWE and all that kind of stuff, and I saw Ken Shamrock and Tito Ortiz 3 on TV just mm. after The Ultimate Fighter. Mm. I was like, well, that's cool. What is this kind of thing? And started doing the deep dive on YouTube. And
0: uh, How old were you? I was you... 12. 12.
1: Okay. So I was right into WWE. I thought Ken Shamrock was going to be the man. Then he got smashed by Tito. Right. And uh, I started looking up gyms in my, my area. Right. And I actually wanted to compete before I even started training. I just saw a jiu-jitsu tournament. It was submission grappling only, and I was like, "I'm gonna try." I wrestle with my brother all the time. I want to no do it. problem. Yeah, no issue. <laughs> and I call so my, I had my dad call the instructor, and it was kind of like uh, Don Whitefield, who I started from, right. under. It would be like you with your your grappling tournament, right. and somebody calling you saying they wanted to sign up, but they've never trained before, and so. Right. You're like, all right, come on in, you know? So he he invited me in to come train. He's like, man, he's gotta train before he, he does it. And so uh I went in and I started training, competing, and I started training. Two months later, it was the tournament that I was dying to do. And it was an adult tournament, and I went in, I came third. I was trying submissions I'd never done before, <laughs> nothing, and it was around Robin. So I got like I got submitted a couple times, but I got a right. few submissions and just fell in love. Right. And that was before the big hurdle, like 2009. So this was before everyone started doing it in gym on every block, you know. Right. So it, I was driving like probably 40, 45 minutes out of the city to go to this one jiu-jitsu gym, and it was the only one around in my whole area. And uh, that's where I kind of got the, the, the gap, you know, because before it got popular, before it was really big, I was into jiu-jitsu. I was this little jiu-jitsu nerd, right. you know, a little kid in high school, not even in high school yet. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all started from. And I was just, mm-hmm. I loved competing. So I was doing jiu-jitsu and pancreation. I hadn't touched any kind of striking. It was just all grappling.
0: So you did pancreation without even no. any experience? Diving at legs, you know. and, <laughs> and
1: without Punches, Was I learned on the spot, like learned on the job. Right. Even my first amateur fight was I was 16 years old. I thought I was doing like a more of a pancreation, but mm-hmm. just like with a venue, like rather than at a tournament, right. like an open mat area. And I show up. I'm facing this dude that, first of all, missed weight. He said it was at 140. He thought it was 140. I was 135. Grenade tattoos, tattoos everywhere. And uh, he's 24, 25 at the time. I'm 16, right. <laughs> and no headgear, no nothing. nothing. And it was like unregulated in BC. It was amateur, but you right. could do anything you wanted, like full rules, full MMA rules, wow. except for three minute rounds. And I had to have my like, parents sign the waiver. It's start, like right? yeah. starting to sound like Roll now. He was right? on the contender series. <laughs> I was just doing an amateur fight way back when, but but yeah, it's very similar. But I just. I showed up to the venue thinking I was going to be wearing headgear. Mm-hmm. My mom thought I was going to be, it was all good, but we showed up and it was just like any other MMA MMA wow. show you would see now. And then wow. I, I won and uh, I, I mean, I got hurt. I got hit up, down, everything. It was a full MMA fight and I fell in love right after that joined started doing kickboxing right after nice that too. yeah nice so yeah oh, that's, that's awesome man and
0: uh it. so you turned pro at 18 uh, 18 yeah okay yeah and then and so, how how was that like how was how did it feel to like say okay now it, it just got real
1: yeah like i guess when i was my amateur career i was still being i was growing up so man. i was still like partying on the weekends and man. missing training training a few times a week not every single day and I graduated high school and that's when I turned pro and it was weird. Like a switch just hit me as soon as I turned pro and I had my first fight booked, that it was a professional fight and I had never really had a real job after because I was in high school the whole time fighting in the summers. And right. so I, right when I graduated, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do wow. for the rest of my life
0: so if you've so never had a never
1: like a i mean i've worked like weekends and right, right 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 but stuff, not
0: like a full-time never, never. No, this is all right you've out done of high school fighting oh you know and
1: so like that but in order to do that you have to sacrifice right yeah. like, so i'm i'm used to living on on a tight budget and a, training every single day like people think you're a fighter like oh you don't work you get yeah. to relax it's
0: did you live at your parents' house during during yeah, this time?: yeah, okay. it's the only way I could, right. you know, like and, that, and that's what people don't realize. They see you guys out here in the bright lights, yeah. oh man, look at him, he's living. yeah, but the struggle the
1: struggle you man, know, it's crazy.
0: It, it's not for everybody, and yeah. I think there's a perception of like, oh, I can do this." Yeah no, 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 no. There's a lot of sacrifices that go into what you guys do, and, and I think that's why I like to touch on those stories, Yeah, because there is a struggle. Through this oh, path, yeah. you know, and this journey.
1: All the way through up until you... Even when you, ter- when you turn pro, pro, like yeah. I wasn't making no money for... Until I made it to the UFC. Right? Right. You know, and so that's, that's finally when I was actually making... I didn't have to do work side jobs or work weekends or work, you know, summers or whatever. Right. And uh, so, like, it's a struggle all the way through from the beginning. And a lot of guys think that it's a glamorous life because they're training and they happen to train, but they're recreational training. And it's like if you were to tr- turn this into a job, you're not going to love it as much as you think you do, you yeah. know. And so, how
0: many hours do you train a day?
1: It depends what you consider training as well, like recovery wise. Recovery running, is also important. You yeah, know, I'm right. probably spending at least six, seven hours a day. Wow. You know, all day, like my work day every stuff, day, every single day, except you know? for Sunday, maybe one day. Sunday, I'm still yeah. Yeah, like, you're still relaxing. doing I'm some kind some of movement or something. Right. yeah. So, I mean, I try to give myself a Sunday. But right. other than that, it's it's six days a week, and it's nobody's keeping me accountable. Like it's not I'm not like I'm punching in and punching out in a paycheck. It's like I could wake up and just decide I'm not doing anything and sleep all day. Right. But it's gonna show in in front of a million people, and and cameras are on, and somebody's trying to take your head off. Like right. that's when it's gonna show. So I gotta do it. You know I have right. to wake up every single day, even if I don't want to, and, right. and spend the whole day training and, or recovering. And like there's a lot of things that go into. Like I started hyperbaric this this camp like okay. rigid, like Monday Wednesday Friday, it's an hour in that tank with nothing on you. It's just in there, you know. And
0: how how do you feel doing that? It's ch- I like re- Yeah, great. like
1: I've I've added a lot of new things into my camp, so it's really hard to to see what's working, what's right. not. But that hyperbaric man, I just feel like I get out of there and I'm recovering quicker. Right f- I I do the whoop right, and so my my readings are all like mm. through the roof. Like I've been really high recovery my resting heart rate's at like 33 it's just not but i it's it's consistency you can't just jump in a a hyperbaric once and think you're good right so do
0: you find that a lot of there's so many athletic kids like you're like man they're in the gym this guy's gonna be something but they don't put in the work the way it should be because i find my i find myself seeing a lot of athletes they're so talented in the gym oh yeah but they're just lazy they don't put in the work, and they say, "Oh well, they'll train one day, and then I'm, you know, I'm sore the next two, three days, yeah. and I don't want to train." Like that's it. That like, doesn't work. Yeah, that's like, what i was saying. I get about it, about. and it's and it's amazing. Like you see in the gym, like dude, what? A w- it's a lot of wasted talent. Yeah, I mean, you t- see it a
1: lot more than than me with you know being a head instructor and seeing it. All these guys come in the the door. I mean, I can just speak on myself, and I felt like I was talented right out of the game. Right. But that's not going to take. Like conditioning has got to be one of the the most important things yeah. in the in the in the fighting aspect, you know. And especially at the highest level, when everyone's pretty competitive and right. even, um, that that's the one thing you can control is coming in shape and coming in on weight. So it's it, if if you're you're slipping up on that kind of stuff early on, and you're you're resting and you're 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 re- relaxing when you think you because you need it because you're sore or whatever. like Nobody cares. You know, you yeah. got and wasted talent is is a big big thing I see a lot throughout my career too. It's like just but I've been all over the place training. Right. I lived in Thailand and right. moved out here to Las Vegas. And right. so I've been to a lot of different gyms and seen a lot of guys and trained with some guys and then thought that they're gonna be world beaters and then I I check back in on them and they're you don't you don't hear from them, right? So yeah. that's another part of the struggle I think with any ath- any athletics is like right. talent will get you there, but you gotta be able to to push and work hard and out it you know outworking a talented guy is not very hard if they're not working hard, you know. That's I
0: think that saying of hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. yeah. It's fits MMA perfectly because again, you, you see a lot of these UFC guys, you're like, man, he's gonna be so good. But then they get complacent. Yeah. They've made it and they're like, um I made it. No, no, no. You haven't made it. Nah. Um, perfect example look at Brandon Moreno like he was yeah. he came in ultimate fighter didn't do well but came back it You got know, cut got cut came back, came back. Yeah. hard work Yeah, and you know I, I've seen it and I learned now that I see that I've seen been around it and around you guys at Extreme which yeah. you see a lot of uh, up and coming and veterans in there but you see the guys that are in there every single day consistency Um so you got your first MMA fight, you fought in Canada yeah. during this time, and then you make the transition to, you get the call, uh, tell us, you know, getting into the UFC.
1: Yeah, so, just a quick little fast forward, right. I I had my whole amateur career in BC in Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. and then uh, I turned pro, had a few fights, and actually got sponsored to go live out in Thailand for a year. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of allowed me to bang out a bunch of fights, because all I did Right out of high school, turned pro, had a fight, flew out there, yeah. and lived and trained like I'm I'm living now, right? Because right. it's pretty cheap to live there. Right. So I was no work, training twice a day, two, three times a day, whatever it is, dieting Monday to sa- Saturday, Sundays off, like a professional right. lives, right? So I was able to get five, four MMA fights and one Muay Thai fight in one year mm. in 2014. So then I, I flew back home, and I was 6-0 and or whatever at the time. And that's when I had a few more fights in uh, BC, got a local title, my first pro title. And then the UFC came to Vancouver. And I knew that. I was like, you know what? I just, I'm just i headlining the shows out here. Right. For this young kid, I was 22, I think, 23, mm-hmm. um, 8-0. So they, they signed me. I got the call. But it was up a weight class, and it was like four or five weeks notice. They're like, "Hey, we have this fight, this slot. This is the only right. one." What What were your thoughts when like, Man, you were like, "Put him in a yeah.
0: category that's not me," but some? You know, I mean, you got to take it. You can't say it. no. You, can't you, you say no, you say no. Say no you're yeah. you're out. We're like you can forget list, about it. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure.
1: So I was like, you know what? Like this is what it is. Like it, especially not even a full camp, right? And I'm a, I'm a small guy. Especially then, I've gotten a lot bigger now. I've mm-hmm. grown into my body, but I've always fought at 145. Mm-hmm. So making weight was a breeze back then. And <laughs> they come to me with a 155 at the biggest organization, you know. So right. I know these guys are going to be big and strong. But, you know, you don't, you don't say no. You don't say so no. I was like, right. okay, yeah, let's do it. And then uh, I was supposed to fight Josh Emmett mm-hmm. at 155. A week out, he got hurt. They re- I got a replacement, Alex Ricci, a debut guy from mm-hmm. Canada on the East Coast. So different side. I've never trained with right. him, never heard of him, nothing. Um, was able to get the win. And nice. Then I had to sit six months to be able to get back into my my weight class right. featherweight. I was like, I don't want another fight until right. you can get me at, at featherweight, right. you know. And uh, yeah, so I went three and one in the UFC. Nice, um, successful. I had my one loss, Alex Volkanovski. Right, flew all the way. to, I was just, I was a yes man, you know. I fought all these guys in their local local uh, hometowns. So I went to right. Brazil, fought Honey Jason yeah. in Fortaleza. Right, uh, fought Kyle Bokniak in New York, and he's a Boston guy. Um, and then I flew to Perth, Australia and fought Volkanovski, you know, so I, I was just, I didn't care. I wanted the experience. I was having fun. I was young. And I I think I got to the UFC a little early, to be honest. You know, I, I hadn't developed because once I left the UFC, I was 11 and one, three and one in the UFC. I had a lot of different offers right and that was when i actually just moved out and here.
0: you had different management at the time no when, yeah yeah so yeah, bad
1: management i didn't want to touch too much on them right, right. It, i'm not going to name them but they were horrible they right. lied to me they were saying different they were giving me full conversations that weren't even happening right, you know? right, right. it's like it's a side of the business if I not you
0: would have still been i mean three and yeah, one who knows what would have right yeah. you still had the opportunity to to, to yeah. be in there but luckily you know what i mean you're doing, you're still, your career's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. You jumped to Bellator. Yeah. You, you've you been, you know, a great or- organization by Croker. Uh, He's done an amazing job. Yeah. How do you like it there? And how's it been the experience?
1: Yeah, like I, I've been everywhere with the PFL and the UFC and Bellator. Mm-hmm. And, and I love Bellator the most, man. I, I don't know if it's because of where I'm at in my career and where I'm right. in my life. Like mm-hmm. if I was in the UFC now, it's just kind of funny. I always wish, I wonder what would have happened, right. you know? But I did a lot of learning and growing, fighting all, all through these years after the UFC. Right, you know, and I've, That's where I got good. And that's when I started living here and training full-time in Vegas. Right. It's been four or five years now. Um, manager with Ali Abdelaziz. I one think you got me one actually of, in contact with him. Yeah. You know, so. One of the best out there. The best out I tell there, people yeah, all the time, this me. guy
0: takes care of his guys. Yeah. He, I mean, he goes above. I feel like he goes above and beyond. And he's a very genuine guy. People who say whatever they want to say. Yeah. He's. I'm always forever grateful because he he gave me opportunities to be in rooms that a lot of people couldn't be in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, you may I feel like you made the right decision. And man, I mean, it's been worked out it's for been you. Been the best part. Of and I career. feel like a lot of fighters don't understand that the UFC is not the only place to go. Yeah. Um. And they get caught up in that emblem, that logo. You can't take that logo to the bank. <laughs>
1: that, yeah. Right? No, it's a status thing. That's it's, it. Yeah, that's it. Can. Like, that's, oh, I
0: yeah. found the UFC great, but my paycheck yeah. might not reflect what that logo says. 100%. Right? Yeah. And I feel like Bellator has done a great job of taking care of their athletes as well. I mean, yeah. UFC takes care of the athletes, but uh, the up-and-comers need to understand, like, that logo does not pay the bills. No. You, you can't take no. it to the bank. Yeah, you got to decide what <laughs> you you're gonna <laughs> Exactly. And, you know? and at the end of the day, you're, you're, a, you're a prize fighter. Yeah. So... If it's not reflecting in yeah. the bank, then there's a problem. Yes, you know sir. what I mean. So again, you made the right decision. You got like you said, you got older, you got wiser. Okay, this is the right decision for me and my family. Yeah, you know?
1: and, and like, Ali has took care of me. You know, since I signed with him, he's like, he's looked at me and you know, any step, any problems that we had, he, no issues. He's like, brother, well, don't worry, we'll take care of it. I'll take care of you. And I've just never really had any doubts on him, you know, so I just yeah. left it. He kind of managed my career, told me where I'm fighting, where I'm going, what, who I'm fighting, when Make, I'm doing it. Makes best, life you know? easier for Easy. you to just focus on yeah. training. Yeah, so yes. it's, and Bellator's been the best thing that could have happened to me, you know, right. so I love the division. I'm in a real stacked division, featherweight, stacked. you know, they have one of the best divisions mm. in yeah. all of MMA, you know, and... uh it's limitless you know i got lots of matchups to look forward to in the future too and i just signed my new four fight contract this is the first fight of my next four so i'm here to stay (laughs) there you go and again um
0: you know it's just it's great to see that because i've known you for a long time you were uh jason Gagnon's student right he's a black belt under Coburnia, so i've i've been you know seeing your career develop and you're you know moving here going there also trained with me here, yeah, lived yeah. in my house, right, oh, yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, that's how I um, You know, that was your transition to Vegas.
1: Yeah. You're the first person I knew. So like, <laughs> Hector, I need a room. He's like, okay, man, we got Come you. Come on,
0: man. And that, a lot of people don't know that. Like, yeah. a lot of MMA fighters have came either to stay at my house or this studio that we're sitting in it used to be the place where they used to sleep.
1: Do you remember the car I was driving, around? Bro, remember that? <laughs> it but it's okay. Old, old, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. To, yeah. It was it was getting you from to A to B. Yeah.
0: It's all you needed. Yeah, yeah. And but look at you now. And I'm so happy for you. I appreciate you know, that. and you got married, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, yeah, an amazing yeah. wife that you have. You brought yeah. you moved her out here. Yeah, yeah, made her drop everything. Mom. You know, how's that been for her as well?
1: She actually loves it more now, you know. The pandemic that it was hard we had to struggle, like I was spending Well, I started off in in your your room and then uh, your spare room. Then I was able to get my own spot, but it was like a half and half. I would spend in camps out here. Then I'd have to go back to BC. I was rooted there. I had the, you know, the fiance at the time and she had a big good job. And then um, when COVID hit, Canada got smacked, Smacked, you know, just bad. So her studios got shut down and I was trying to still do the coming back and forth, but Canada's making you do two week quarantining yeah. and I did that like three times and I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm not Damn. coming back here. Nice. So she she we got married actually during COVID and um that I think it was more of a switch for her. Nice. She was like, you know what, I gotta support him. He's the one that you know, he's like he's dedicated his right. whole life to this and make I'm I was the one making all he the sacrifices. Yeah. You know, living in bedroom like spare rooms to spare rooms right. out here making ends meet just to and then to fly back just to see her and then come back out here, you know? So she kind of made the decision for herself too. Like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go all in with you in Vegas. And so I packed up my my whole house, got my dogs in the back of the car and drove 24 hours all the way through the Pacific Northwest out here. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And she loves it out here now. Honestly, we're going to have a hard time going back if we ever do like this, the way of life out here is a lot better. And, uh, we're just establishing a whole life nice. out here, you know,
0: and you just saw like you said, you just resigned your for your uh four fight contract, yeah. if you had something to pass on to the next generation some kind of advice, what would it be, Jeremy, because you started at a young age, yeah. what would you tell the next generation to really focus on because again, after you're fighting after thirty five years old, you have to have something to show for yourself
1: absolutely <laughs> talk and a little
0: bit a little bit about that,
1: so I think the biggest Biggest thing is, if you're looking like you want to make this a career, it has to be decided early and committed. You know, you can't be like, oh, well, I'm gonna see how it goes and and be half in, half out. You gotta train every single day, like we were talking about, and compete as much as as possible. You know, and then get all the experience you can, and really make it go for it, and then not worry about the status thing, like we were talking about. No. And Know your value, you know, and make get paid. I like that. Know your value. And if it means saying no to some things just because the money's not right or doesn't look right, then that's fine. You know, like you'll live to another day. You keep training, you keep getting better and, and having a backup plan, you know, like you're, you're making good, once you do make good money, you're only making it, there's a small window, you know, Mm -hmm. so your investments is important, you know, Mm. like, and my big thing right now is, is property is I'm trying so hard to like, after each fight, let's, let's, put this money away that it's going to make me money for when I'm done fighting passive you know? income. Exactly. You know, nice. and I actually look to you as a lot for, um, motivation. And like, I see how, how well you've done and, and what you've done and your investments. And you're always going always, mine's <laughs> going <you know>? like <laughs> too much. Sometimes you got the podcast, you yeah. know, you got a whole gym that you're running, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's never enough. You know, you don't just stop when you're done nice. fighting. It's like the whole, I got a whole, I got a second life coming up after my fight exactly. fighting, you know? And, the better I do now, the harder I work now. The better resume I have, the better brand I have. I'm a brand, right. so the better I do, the harder work I do, the more I train, the better I'm going to do in my fights. Is going to turn in turn make after fighting that much easier, right. you know. And then so it's a lifelong investment that I've decided since I was 13 that yeah. I've committed to. It's crazy, know?
0: man, so. has been so you know great great information. Congratulations on your career, man. I'm My very man. happy for you. And, hey, let's bring that belt home. You know let's what I mean? Go, bring it back yeah. to Vegas. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. really appreciate it. Keep evolving and everything that you guys do.